they are respectively the worship of Vishnu, Shiva, Devi or Shakti, the Sun and Kartikeya. The sixth system is also known as Ganapatya and these are the worshippers of Ganesha or Ganapati. All these had their basis in the Vedic tenets. This was done in order to ensure that all factions would progress in the right direction within the realm of their own chosen deity and eventually come to recognize the oneness of the supreme truth from which all of them are derived and into which they would ultimately merge. This was the greatness of Adi Shankara. The book of the life of Adi Shankara mentions the six sets of Ganapatyas. Those who worship Mahaganapati come under the first group. Mahaganapati has ten arms, is of crimson color, and has the goddess Shakti be- beside him. The second group worships Haridra Ganapati with a brilliant golden complexion, having four arms and three eyes. The third group worship Uchishta Ganapati, who is very powerful. They are known as the left-handed worshippers of Ganapati, who do not follow the Vedic rules. Their rituals are conducted in secret, lonely places. They chew beetle leaves and eat the offerings without cleaning their mouth. Other sects consider this most unholy. The remaining three sects are known as Navanita, Swarna and Santana. They follow the normal Vedic texts. The Ganapatyas picture Ganapati in various ways. As the Lord of the Five Elements, as Saguna, Witform, Manifestation of the Supreme, as the sound of Om and so on. They consider the form of Ganapati to be an amalgamation of all other gods. In the mystic body of Ganesha, the navel is Brahma, the creator. The face is Vishnu, the eyes are Shiva, the left side is Shakti, the right side Surya, and the soul is Ananda or Bliss. In fact, in him, all the other systems are fused. The Shaivites worship him as the son of Shiva. The Shaktas worship him as the son of Parvati or Shakti. The Kamaras worship him as the brother of Kartigaya. And the Vaishnavites worship him as the one who removes all obstacles in their own worship. The Baudas or the followers of Buddha maintain that one of the names of Buddha was Vinayaka. They say that Buddha himself gave the mystic mantra of Ganesha called Ganapatya Hridaya to Ananda, his favorite disciple. When Buddhism spread to other countries, the concept of Ganapati was taken along with it. Ganesha worship has existed along with Linga worship, which was existing from the time of the Mohanjadaro and Harappa civilizations, as can be seen from the seals. Chronologically speaking, the first Sanskrit text ascribed to Ganapati system comes from the Rig Veda, it is known as the Ganapati Suktam and begins with the words Uttishta Brahmanaspate. The Ganapati Upanishad said, You alone are the visible manifestations of the essence of the word, that thou art. You alone are the doer, you alone the cre- creator and the sustainer and the destroyer. Verily you alone are all this because you are Brahman. You are the eternal Atman in bodily form. The mantra of Ganapati is given as Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha. Chapter 2 Egadanta are the concepts of Ganesha. 
ஓம் மகோத்காராய விமகே பக்தருண்டாய தீமகே கண்ணோதன் பிரச்சோதயாத We devote our thoughts to the huge-bodied Lord. We meditate on Him who has a curved trunk. May the tasked one guide us on the right path. Originally, Ganesha's worship was not recognized by the upper classes. He was the god of the aboriginals and the shudras. This is because he was first considered to be a malevolent deity. The Bhagavad Purana mentions Vinayaga along with Dakinis, Kushmandas, Bhutas and Predas who were all malevolent spirits. Perhaps Ganesha was first worshipped out of fear, since he was the one who created obstacles and had to be propitiated before people could start anything. So he was always worshipped as a guardian deity. Even today, most Hindu homes, especially in the south, consider it auspicious to keep an idol of Ganesha in front of the house to ward off evils and obstacles. Afterwards, he was elevated to the position of being a bestower of gifts to his devotees. From being the creator of obstacles, he became the remover of obstacles. Later on, he was elevated to the position of a super-god. Thus, Ganesha's evolution was from tribal god to super-god. And his ideology spread to neighboring countries like Burma, Thailand, Cambodia, and Indonesia. It also spread to places like China, Japan, and Mongolia. Recently, a figure of Ganesha was unearthed in a village in Bulgaria, along with figures of Buddha and Mahavira. Images of Ganesha have been discovered in excavations, even in Central America and Mexico. There he was known as Virakosha. A metal plate depicting Ganesha holding a quill in his hand for writing the Mahabharata was found in Uristan in western Iran. The Chinese thought of him as a massive dragon whose physical immensity depicts his irresistible force. In uh, South India and Sri Lanka, he is known as Pulayar, the noble child. And in Mongolia, he is called Totkakur Kagan, and in Cambodia, as Prakenes. The Greeks called him Janus and sought his blessings at the start of any venture. The dancing form of Ganesha is to be found among the 500 gods of Nartan. He is shown sitting on the mouse that holds a jewel of plenty called the Chintamani in his mouth. Some images of Ganesha are ascribed to the Gupta period and are found in Afghanistan. Some recent ones were also found in Cardez and removed to Kabul. Another interesting marble image of Ganesha was found at a place called Sakardhar near Kabul. It is again Uh, standing Ganesha. In the alphabet of symbolic forms devised by the rishis, Ganesha forms the first letter. He is the most popular and most beloved of all the gods in the Hindu pantheon. Even the votaries of all the other gods have to pay obeisance to him before starting puja to their own special deity. Hindus start all sacrifices and religious ceremonies all serious compositions and even worldly affairs of importance with an invocation to Ganesha. Few books are begun without the preface of salutations to Ganesha. He has to be invoked at the beginning of all yagas as well as yatnas. In South India you will find a small temple dedicated to this beloved and charming deity at every street corner. 
so that everyone can make a quick prayer to him on their way to work. He represents the power of the intelligent will unfolding the spiritual life from out of the world of matter. Scientifically speaking, he is the god of gravity, which is at the base of all ordinary existence. Ganesha is very easy to contact, so he is the gateway for all seekers who want to enter into this most ancient religion of the world. One who wants to be a Hindu must supplicate Ganesha. He is the one who will admit you into the Hindu family. Unless you worship him, you cannot establish a relationship with any other god. He is the lord of all beginnings and guides the practical aspect of our life in a way that will best fulfill our needs. He is the lord of the Ganas, who are the subtle creative powers and elements that cause diversity and create obstructions in the universe. It is only by contacting Ganesha that these obstacles can be removed. He removes obstacles not only from our physical life, but also from our spiritual life, and thus aids the progress of life from the lower forms to the human. When one takes the wrong path, he places obstacles in our way. Thus he is both Lord of Karma action and Lord of Dharma righteous behavior. Like an elephant going through a forest and making a way for the rest to follow, he goes ahead and removes obstacles so that his devotees can proceed without any hindrance. Ganesha represents the foremost initiating spiritual power at every stage of evolution. At the time of the emergence of the universe, he represents the power of Brahman as symbolized in the sound of Om. The universe of forms emerged from this initial sound vibration and the consciousness that was latent in matter turned into various forms, culminating in the human being. The figure of Ganesha symbolizes the idea of the emergence of life from earth and the unfoldment of consciousness from matter. His dual form of animal and human indicates a sublime theme which points out to us that we too can aspire to a supramental level even though we have evolved from the animal. Thus the apparently ludicrous figure of Ganesha mounted on a small mouse is actually a representation of this theme and meant to give an impetus to the human being to realize his own inner divine potential. Only very few gods have this blend of animal and human. Apart from Ganesha, Three of the avatars of Vishnu have this combination. Varahamurti has the head of a boar, Narasimha has the head of a lion, and Hayagriva the head of a horse. These figures, as well as the strange figure of Ganesha, seated in a small mouse, are not mere figments of imagination, but contain within them a scientific truth which relates to the very nature of evolution and the means for expanding the human consciousness in order to express the divinity within. He is the son of Shiva and Parvati. Shiva stands for the supreme Brahman and Parvati for Shakti or the creative force of the Brahman. The sound of Pranava or Om is said to be the very first vibration or cause for the universe of forms. The Sanskrit letter Om resembles the head of an elephant with an upraised trunk and the Tamil letter Om gives the impression of an elephant with a downward trunk. In fact, in all Indian languages, even though the alphabets vary, there is an amazing similarity in the case of the letter representing Om. 
One of the names of Ganesha is Vaktartunda, which means the one whose trunk is curved. This curved trunk has great esoteric significance. Sri Muttaswami Dikshita described the face of Ganesha as Pranavasarupa Vaktartunda, the one whose trunk is in the very form of Pranava, or the primeval vibration, which causes the sound of Om. If we look closely at his figure when the trunk is turned to the right, we will notice that his whole face has a strong resemblance to the letter Om. This is what Parvati saw in the picture hall of the gods, and that is why she chose an elephant head for her son. The most striking thing about Ganesha is his elephant head. Let us find out the esoteric reason for this. The elephant is the largest amongst the vegetarians of the animal world. In fact, it is the most powerful and massive creature on earth. Despite its size, it has a sophisticated social life. It is loving and affectionate. It is long-lived and vigorous with a large brain and an excellent memory. The horse, giraffe, cow, zebra, rhinoceros, ape, dolphins and a few others are lifelong vegetarians and friends of man. Animals who are feared by men and beasts alike are all predators and eaters of flesh. No one fears a gentle vegetarian. This is perhaps one of the reasons that the elephant came to be chosen as the most auspicious symbol for the ancient Aryans. Therefore, it was considered to be a royal animal, not only because of its strength and size, but also because of its intelligence and prodigious memory. Since it is a vegetarian, it is a symbol of auspicious power. It has the positive and propitious strength of the vegetarian, whose mind is naturally directed towards the holy, and not the brute strength of the meat-eating lion or tiger. It is a spiritual symbol in both Hindu and Buddhist literature. In India, the elephant is considered the most auspicious omen one can see at the start of a journey. So in most houses, the figure of Ganesha will be kept at the gate so that the traveler can bow to him before proceeding on his journey. It is also believed that the presence of such a divine symbol in the front of the house will ward off all negative energy. Hence, the worship of Ganesha is given top priority by the followers of all the other gods. Many reasons are given in the Puranas to show why Ganesha had an elephant's head. Once, the celestial sage Narada asked Lord Vishnu the reason for this. Vishnu replied, The sage Durvasa, who is noted for his short temper, once gave a celestial garland with miraculous powers to Indra, the king of the gods. The goddess Lakshmi was set to reside in that garland. However, Indra stupidly threw the garland away and it fell on his elephant's head. This is the head which I got for Ganesha. And Shiva cut off his head. Thus it is ordained that Lakshmi will always rebuke him. He will be filled with prosperity and have a great intellect and many supernormal powers. All those who worship him will get the same benefits. The Brahma Vaivarta Purana gives this version. Once Shiva was chasing some demons across the sky and accidentally struck Aditya, the sun god, and made him fall from his chariot and lose consciousness. By this act, he incurred the wrath of the sage Kashiba, who was Aditya's father. He cursed Shiva that his son would also lose his head. This is the reason why Ganesha's head was cut off by Shiva's trident. However, since Ganesha was fated to get the head of Indra's elephant filled with glory, the decapitation was a blessing rather than a curse. 
Ganesha figure said to have 16 characteristics. He's dwarfish in stature, has a round body, hidden ankles, a pot belly, curved trunk, elephant head, bald head, large flapping ears, small round eyes, elongated nose, black teeth, smoky grey complexion, is apparently greedy, is nude and carries a water pot. This is the basic form, but there are countless variations. All his names are connected with these characteristics. Considering his funny figure, it's strange how popular he has become. Many other attributes are shown in many of his forms. In some, he carries a water pot, a stylus, which stands for knowledge, trishula or trident, a drinking cup, and a skull bowl, which are attributes of Shiva and Parvati, his mother and father. He also has Vishnu's accoutrements like the lotus and bow and mace, as well as a discus and conch. He carries sheaves of different kinds of corn, condiments, sugarcane, parched rice, and cooked foods with different delicious tastes. There are supposed to be 91 different figures of Ganesha available in India today. All of them ha have the above basic details with various variations. Normally he has only one head, but we also find idols having two, three, four, or even five heads. Sometimes he's standing, sometimes sitting, dancing, and even crawling. He usually has only four hands, but some figures depict two, six, eight, ten, twelve, and even fourteen hands, all carrying different symbols. He was seen to have only two hands when he was a malevolent deity, but he became four-handed when he became a super-god. Twenty-one of his homes have four hands. Four have eight hands, and another four have ten hands. There is a sixteen-handed form called Veera, and a twelve-armed one called Udanda. As a rule, Ganesha has seen only two eyes, but two forms of his thirty-two have three eyes. He is supposed to have fifty-seven symbols in all. To the uninitiated, his figure may look ridiculous, but to the Hindu, it is adorable. In fact, the first mantra in his list of names is Sumukha, the one with a pleasing countenance. The complexion of his body is of great significance. It is generally said to be red, like the hibiscus flower, or the vermilion dot that is put on the forehead of all Hindu women. Out of his thirty forms, fifteen are blood-red, four are white, four are golden-colored, two blue, and the rest yellow, black, and vermilion. Normally, in most of his poses, we find that one foot is touching the ground and the other is lifted and placed on his thigh. This suggests that the middle path is the one that is most suitable for human evolution. The foot touching the earth suggests that the human being has to live an active life in the world, as said by Lord Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, and the lifted foot tells him to beware of indulging too much in the earthly life. His many powers and personalities are shown in his different forms. As Bala Ganesha, he indicates the possibility for growth in spirituality. As Nitya Ganesha, he shows dynamic and harmonious activity. An elephant's trunk is the most amazing instrument known to man. Human ingenuity has not been able to devise such an instrument. It is capable of lifting huge logs of wood as well as of picking up a microscopic pin lying on the ground. Hence, his trunk is a symbol of his great dexterity and versatility. 
The fact that Ganesha's trunk is curved shows that it is active. It is not just hanging straight down. It is ready to remove every obstacle in the path of his devotee. Normally in his idols, the trunk is either turned to the right or to the left and rarely seen hanging down. These positions have a deep spiritual significance and are not chosen at random. The idol in which the trunk is turned to the right is capable of giving moksha or liberation from the coils of life. It is a symbol of the mind's spiritual progress through the path of the sun or the path of light. When it is turned to the left, it normally is found nuzzling a modakam or sweet ball which he carries in his left hand. This figure is capable of granting all that we desire from the material world. When the trunk is hanging straight down, it indicates the path through which the primeval force of the Kundalini Shakti is supposed to travel. The form of Ganesha is closely connected with the chakras or psychic centers and the nadis or the astral tubes of the body. This left side corresponds with the flow of the breath called Ida and the right side represents the nadi called Pingala. The Kundalini Shakti is the coiled up power of the Divine Mother at the base of the spine in the chakra known as the Muladhara. Ganesha is the presiding deity of this chakra and sits in the psychic lotus of this chakra. The element earth is predominant in this chakra. The Kundalini Shakti wakes up only when Ganesha's grace is given. Thus he is the presiding deity of the evolutionary energy of the Devi Kundalini potent with infinite powers and remains with us throughout our evolution, life after life, until we attain liberation. A Tamil classic praises Ganesha thus, the notes made by the anklets of the lotus feet of the Lord are as cool as sandal paste. Ganda is a Sanskrit name for smell and sandal paste. It is the Tanmatra or essential quality of the earth element. The red lotus indicates the Muladhara Chakra, which is the seat of the earth element in which Ganesha is the presiding deity. He is a counterpart of Saraswati, the goddess of learning and fine arts, and is the presiding deity of a special class of musical instruments, mainly percussion instruments. He is looked upon as the guardian de- deity of all musicians who play on percussion instruments. They always repeat a well-known prayer to him before starting their music concerts. All dance recitals also start with a prayer to Ganesha. And like his father, he is also known as the master of dance. He is described as having played in the Madanga, which is a special type of drum, when Shiva danced in ecstasy before Vishnu at the birth of the Ganga. His symbol is a swastika, which is also the symbol of the Muladhara Chakra, which represents the sun and the cycle of life. Su means well-being. And asti means it is. Hinduism uses the right arm chakra, which is considered to be a most auspicious sign in India and is usually found outside the houses. However, the Nazis had no idea of its esoteric significance and used the left-armed one, which symbolizes evil and is used only in black magic rites. Gajavaktram shreshtam karnachamara bhoshitam I bow to Lord Ganesha, who is the noblest of all the gods, who is embellished with ears like fans, and carries a lasso and a hook from the Sri Ganashtakam. 
One should ever worship for one's peace of mind, that delightful Lord Ganesha, whose body and clothes are white, who has been worshipped on the shore of the milky ocean, with white flowers, sandy paste and jewel lambs, who is the first to be worshipped by both gods and humans, who reposes on a jewel throne holding the noose and a lotus flower in his hands, who bestows boons and ensures the safety of all, upon whose forehead reposes the crescent moon, who has three eyes and who ever dwells in the company of Lakshmi, the goddess of prosperity. From the Sri Ganapati Stotram, Hari Om Tat